welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, the business coach, Mac Atram. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be in conversation with Paul Halmy, who is based out of Fort Worth, Texas. And so we are speaking right now. So Paul, welcome to the Business Success Show. Thanks for having me, Mac. I'm excited to be here. You're most welcome. So, Paul, let me begin by talking about your entrepreneurial journey. I know <laughs> many years ago you were a stockbroker. You quit that and you went down the entrepreneurial route. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like I was living the American dream at the time. It's like I followed, I did everything I was told to do. I went to school, went to college, graduated. Got the corporate job, became a stockbroker, loved it. It was great. And then I figured out like everything else, you got to figure out how to play the game. So it's like, okay, I got to make more money. How do I do this? You see the guys that are dressed better. I'm like, well, what do they do? Well, they're on sales. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do sales. But then we're having a baby and I'm like, I need to start learning sales. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're just doing service stuff, it's really hard to make money. So it's like I had to follow the path. And so I learned how to do sales. And then I realized, man, selling is really easy when you're just helping people solve a problem. You just, right. you know, it gets that bad thing of like, oh, don't be a sleazy salesman. I tell people then don't be a sleazy salesman, just help people. Yeah. So I really fell in love with sales. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of fun. And kept moving up the ladder. And I kind of hit that ceiling where I'm like, I'm stuck. It's like, I can't go up anymore. I get, I, this is my salary. This is the commission I'm going to get. I might get a three or 4% bump next year. I'm like, man, this is kind of unfulfilling. And then my best friend at the time was fighting the UFC and I was helping him train and help him with this gym. And I'd see him, his lifestyle versus mine. And I was like, man, this is your, your life's pretty cool. It's like, I'm kind of stuck here. And then started gaining weight, getting a little bit depressed. And my wife was like, well, maybe you should open a gym. And I'm like, we have two kids now. It's like, I have a really good job. It's like, I'm making great money with great benefits. And I'm like, kind of scared. And she's like, well, I'll just do it for a year, you know, do both for a year. Don't quit your job and just kind of go from there and took the leap. And, you know, it was tough for the first couple of years, but then fell in love with it and just made the leap and said, you know what, I'm going to go full-time entrepreneur now and haven't looked back since. And that was back in uh, 2006. So it's been a while. 2006. Wow. Hey, you're, we have something in common in, in terms of combat and martial arts. Uh, mine is in, uh, uh, well, for the last 25, 25 years or so, it's been in Taekwondo, but before nice. that. Um, you know, for 38 years, I did other styles as well. So, what, so how long have you been involved in martial arts? Is that something you did as a child? Yeah, it's funny. I did it as a child for probably, I want to say I was like a year or two. But I was so little and it was, it was karate and it was fun. It was cool. And then for whatever reason, my parents, we stopped going. I don't know what. And then never really, never really had any interest in doing it. And then I, it was funny because people see me now and I'll see my mangled ears and I'm a lot bigger than I used to be. It's like, <laughs> and they're like, what did you do in college? I played golf in college. It was like, I was an athlete, but I was a golfer. I wanted to be oh, wow. you know, a pro golfer and never happened, but I had fun. I played, you know, I got to play in a couple national championships as a team and it was great. But I ran into this guy in study hall who was wrestler at the time. And it was like, he was like, Hey, you want to come watch the UFC? And I'm like, Oh, what? What's that and we watched the first couple of seasons. I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. This is really brutal. And then brutal. you saw Hoist Gracie. Yeah, you saw Hoist Gracie went and you're like, that little guy's beating the big guys. That's kind of cool. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fight in that someday. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then four years later, he's like, hey, I'm moving to Texas. I'm gonna 
I'm going to go pursue this and fight in the UFC. And he's like, you should come with. And I'm like, cause I was graduating. He still had a couple of years to go. And I was like, man, I, maybe I should move to Texas. Maybe I shouldn't. And then I ended up moving down here. Uh, and I was like, oh, same thing I did before. I was like, I'll try it for a year, you know, and see a worst case scenario. I can move back home. Came down here two months later, met my wife who I'm still married to. So it's like, it was like, I guess I'm staying. <laughs> so, right. you know, and then literally, literally fell in love with jujitsu and it opened so many doors. Like I wouldn't have been a stockbroker without jujitsu. I mean, maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have, but how I found being a uh-huh. stockbroker was I was going to jujitsu class and I saw these guys once again in nice cars and they dress nice. And I'm like, what do you guys do? And like, oh, we're stockbrokers. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. That'd be cool. And this was in 2001 when they're hiring anybody with a degree, basically. They were just mass hiring, of course. And then six months later, they were mass firing everyone after 9 yeah. 11. Um, but yeah, so martial arts, it's man, it's been the biggest piece of my life. And I tell people it's like an unfair advantage. Anybody that's done it for a long time, you start to realize how beneficial it is in entrepreneurship, in finance, in making money. It's it's such a huge thing. Fantastic. Listen, one of the things you talk about is that um, any entrepreneur can become a millionaire. Now, I know you help people to fix their finances. You help people to buy assets, that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. How does an entrepreneur become a millionaire? It is funny. People are like, oh, I just don't see how I just put all my money back in my business. And I'm like, well, that's great. But, you know, it's a great investment. But we know like after 2020, it's like you have to have money outside of your business. I mean, when they really were shutting things down and I had clients that had listened to what I said and I had clients that didn't listen to what I said. And they were the ones that did listen were struggling. They couldn't even go to banks because they're physically closed. And I'm like, yes, this is why you need to be building these things. And it goes back to math. Like I hated math in high school. I hated math in college. And then when I became a broker, I learned money math. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like compound interest is the, like Einstein said, it's the eighth wonder of the world. It's like, right. it's like, oh my God. So I learned at a young age, you know, I say young age, 26, like my son learned at like five because I made it my mission to make sure he has a huge head start in life. But at 26, I'm looking at these people and I'm like talking to these millionaires and I'm like, so how, how did you, you pick a crazy stock, whatever, like, nah, I just put like 400 bucks away a month for 40 years. And I'm like, Mm. there's nothing to this really. And they're like, yeah, all you do is you don't sell and you just keep reinvesting. And the problem with a lot of people is we, we buy when things are going up because we get so hyped up and, oh, I don't want to miss out. And then when it's going down, we're like, oh my God, sell everything. It's all rigged. The game's rigged. And then the market comes back up and all the rich people make all the money in between. So you can look at it. It's just math. So if you're 25, $125 a month for 40 years is a million dollars. If you're 35, it's $400 a month. If you're 45, it's $1,200 a month. So the longer you wait, the more it is. And that's out of an average annual return of 10%, which obviously the market's not doing 10% this year. But if you're still dollar cost averaging, you don't care because you're buying all the time. And once I tell people, it's like, you just have to have the plan, stick to it and do it. And the earlier you start, the better but I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I tell people, I've had people like, man, I'm 50. It's like, I'm way behind. I haven't saved anything. I got a really good business. And I'm like, Hey, you're way ahead of the average person. And they're like, what do you mean? I have nothing outside the business. I'm like, I'm like, you make good money. I know if you're, if you're a successful entrepreneur, you make good money. It's like, how do we direct the money out of your business into another vehicle to grow your net worth? Cause you know, 50 to 65 is for men, especially like in the U S I don't know what is in the UK, but that's like our prime earning years. Like we're going to make the most money in our life, you know, unless you live to be like 70 or 80 and you're still working, but yeah, long, long rant. It's just money math. It's, it's just, it's just cool. <laughs> well, no, no, it's, it's, it's great thing you say. Let, let me ask you this. Um, and, and I totally agree with you, by the way, I, I was running an event, uh, last week of our four day program, never work again. It was actually called never work again, which is all about I like that really creating passive income vehicles. Uh, and so that those passive income vehicles create that, you know, financial freedom for you, if you like, and then yep. build your wealth towards that. Now, let me ask you this there, Paul, for those people sitting there thinking, 
look, Paul, I'm running my business. I'm working all these hours. Now you're saying, look, <laughs> I've I've got to do investing and 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 build passive income. I don't have the time. What do you say to that? Man, I tell them that that's fine. You know, it's like it's 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 almost like going back to the martial arts. Like if we address where you're at. So if somebody comes in somebody might be overweight or they're stressed out at work. I'm like, okay, what do you want to accomplish? I want to lose weight or I want to be able to defend myself. All right, cool. Let's set up a plan. Same thing with this. Yes. It's going to take a little bit of time in the beginning to set the plan out, but once you start and build, it just gets easier and easier. So I tell people the first trick is set up automations. Cause that changed everything. When money can move automatically and takes the human thought out of it. It's amazing. And people are like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, if you get a business account, open up a business checking, open up business savings and have an automation that transfers a dollar a day or $5 a week. And they're like, well, that's nothing. And I'm like, it's more than you're doing now. Right. And they're like, oh, okay, you got me. And then you start the automation and you realize this is easy. And I'm like, can you do, you know, $5 a day or $25 a week? And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. And then you just keep kind of ratcheting that number up. And then you start building the savings account. And it, that's my favorite conversation when people message me, they're like, um, there's like three grand in that savings account. What do I do with it? <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, cool. Now we're getting somewhere. Right. Now what I have them do is, and some people are like, well, I don't trust the stock market. I tell people, you don't have to trust the stock market. Like you said, there's tons of different vehicles. You can put it into real estate. You can put it into Airbnbs is real popular. You can put it into all these different things, but you have to start taking the money out of the business. So what I tell them is obviously talk to your tax, your accountant or your advisor first and what your best situation is. But I'll tell them, is it goes back to being a stockbroker is treat your business like a publicly traded company. It's like, okay, you look at your numbers at the end of the quarter, if there's $3,000 in the savings account, now it's time to move half of that or whatever the number you feel comfortable with out of that into another vehicle and let that thing start growing and compounding. And they're like, okay, this isn't so hard because yeah, if I do the whole thing at once, they freak out. They're like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. So I'm super into baby steps. I'm like, set up an automation for a dollar. And then, you know, people laugh, but it's like, once they do it, they realize how easy it is. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's great. And, you know, one of the challenges I've had when speaking to people about this kind of thing, and you're spot on, by the way, is their mindset, the way they think about, uh, you know, having to do this and whether they can do it and whether it actually works. <laughs> uh, and so what, what do you find it is? Is it the mindset? What is the biggest challenge for people to create wealth through their business? hundred percent. It's all mindset. You know, I grew up, I, you know, I grew up in a Midwestern town, I'd say middle-class, maybe lower middle-class. I don't know. Like we had all the necessities covered and life was fine and we got to do stuff, but my family never talked about money. Only thing I talked about money was to complain about money. It's like, we can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people suck. Money's evil. And I'm like, so I grew up with that mindset of like, man, money's really bad. I'm never gonna have money. It's like, I'll just get a job and work and blah, blah. And then I started talking to rich people when I was a broker and I'm like, these people talk about money a lot different. And then in jujitsu, it's funny. Like if you, I tell people, if you really want to find people that are successful and go to a martial arts school for lunch class, because it's going to be entrepreneurs, surgeons, lawyers, mm. cops, it's guys with money. It's like, and so I start meeting these people and they'd invite me because, you know, you start to become friends with them. They invite you to dinner or lunch and you're hearing them talk to their kids and they're talking about money and they're talking about investing. And I'm like, and it hit me one day. I'm like, this is why the rich, the rich get richer. They talk about money and middle-class people. Look, oh no, don't talk about money. Don't, no, no, no. And it's like, why, why are we not talking about money when rich people are talking about money all day long? It's like my rich friends are like, you know, I have people that are way more successful than me. And I, I just listen, whatever they say, I listen to, cause it's like, I want to, I want to absorb it. It's like, cause I've never been exposed to it. And it's like, man, if I take this in and now it becomes part of me, I go to that next level. And I talk to my son about it and he talks to his friends about it. And it's like, 
you start seeing this change, but it's all mindset because entrepreneurs that are listening to this, if you're an entrepreneur and you're working hard, you're doing good. You're making money. It's just now it's like, how do you become wealthy? Because we're just taught like, make the money, put it back in the business, rinse and repeat, take a little bit out for vacation and, and be happy. And once you change your mindset and realize, oh my God, there's so much money out there. How do I get involved in it? What's um, Thanks for that, Paul. What, what are some of the best assets to buy or to get involved with at this current time? Or does it not matter? Man, it, there's lots of different schools of thought for that. Like I have some friends that are super like, They've been burned in this. Everybody's been burned in the stock market, burnt, quote unquote, because they sold at the bottom and they, and they hate it. And I'm like, right. well, first rule, don't sell at the bottom. Second rule, read everything Warren Buffett talks about and just do what he says. Right. You know, there's a funny, funny story. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos obviously has a gazillion dollars and he was talking to Warren Buffett about Warren's uh, investment model. And he's like, this is so simple. Why don't more people do it? And Warren Buffett, you know, one of the richest guys in the world was like, it's because people don't want to get rich slow. And his big thing, like if you look at his stuff, he says literally, <laughs> and he actually put his money where his mouth was. He, he actually bet a bunch of hedge funds that he could beat them by just investing the S&P 500. Because he says, you know, this isn't me saying, this is him saying, but the S&P 500 in the US, and I don't know what the UK one would be, but is the 500 best companies. So he's like, yeah, this we, is we have the FTSE managed. 100. We call it the okay. FTSE 100. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the, yours is the, the top 100 companies. And mm. what happens when one company starts to suck? What do the managers do? They get rid of it because they need better performance. So they're literally managing it for you. So, you know, obviously as your, your accounts get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you start really getting a network, then you want to start talking to somebody about, Hey, I need some help with asset allocation of like mm. not being all in the S and P 500, maybe some bonds and some cash instruments. And there's lots of different insurance angles and stuff like that, but it's just a great time. Like I just joke around with people. I'm like, I go, if, if you're like my age and you've been investing for 20 something years, yeah, this year has really sucked. It's painful. It hurts. Like, I'm not going to lie. I log into my account sometimes and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it's like, this really hurts. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, nope, this is a great buying opportunity. I'm just buying. But if you're just starting, mm. you're going to, you're going to see like the greatest boom. People are like, when you said, earlier, what's the best thing? I'll never forget in 2008 in the U S I was, had left us broker. I've been running my business for like two years and we got a freaking recession. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's all going to be done. And I made one of the biggest mistakes that I made in my life is from 09 to probably 12. I have to double check the actual numbers. I stopped investing. I stopped buying stuff because I freaked out. I was like, Oh my God, you know, it's like, I've got this new business, you know, I've got a wife and kids and all this stuff. And I, I look back, I could have been picking up Amazon shares for nothing, Apple shares for wow. nothing, Google. And I look back and it's one of the biggest mistakes I made. Cause I, I could have sat down and been like, okay, Maybe I can't invest a thousand bucks a month. Maybe I can only do a hundred or 75, but stopping mm. was the dumbest thing I ever did. Cause I could have accumulated that window from 2009 to 2020 was one of the biggest bull runs ever. And I missed out on the three bottom years where you made the most money. And then it just compounded for the next, you know, nine years. Wow. So yeah, wow. it's always, there's always going to be good stuff to buy. So I always tell people, yeah, to really, you know, look at good solid companies. And if you don't understand it, then look at things like so the FTSE 100, the S&P 500, simple things like that. Got it. And, and what's the biggest lesson for you in that looking back and thinking, actually connecting the dots, I missed this run. What was, what was the biggest lesson for you? And when things are bad, and it's like the old saying, like, you know, when there's blood in the streets, that's when you're buying. It's like, you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin would hit 67,000. I had friends that didn't know anything about investing. And I'm like, I tell people, it's like, yeah, I, I'm not like a crypto maniac, but I, I like to invest in crypto. It's cool. I don't want to miss out. But yeah, I had friends who didn't have a savings account, didn't have an investment account, didn't have a retirement account. And they're like, man, I'm going to buy Bitcoin at 67 because it's going to a million. I'm like, bro, let's start with the basics. Let's get the Absolutely. fundamentals down first. 
And everybody and their mom was like, no, man, it's going to the moon. We're going a million dollars a coin. And it might still do that eventually. But now yeah. those same people at whatever it's at now, I think it's like 18 or 19 or whatever, yeah. 16, something, 16 whatever it's at. Half, yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, man, I would never buy Bitcoin. I'm like, but, but you bought it. $50,000 higher. And I'm like, to me, I'm just like, I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm just every month, dollar cost average, same thing I do with stocks and bonds. It's like dollar cost. I buy my Bitcoin every month, just a little bit. Cause I'm like, I don't know where it's going, but I don't want to miss that's out. Right. <laughs> so, but I always and, make and, it where it's something that's not going to hurt me. And you know, you're so right. You know, one thing I've found the people who take the time to get the right education, maybe the education from people like you are high. They, they, they have a higher propensity to, to succeed than those who haven't got a clue, don't know what they're doing. They throw their money and they say, they throw their money in, it goes south, it doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't work, so they say, right? 100%. Let me ask you this question here, Paul, which is about um, fixing finances. So if we have an entrepreneur listening in right now, you know, we, we supposedly we're going into a recession, nobody really knows, We are we, are we not? Is it depression? <laughs> And maybe their finances are not good now and possibly may get worse later. What are your secrets or do you have any steps or keys or tips to help people to fix their financial situation? Yeah, the hardest one is that it's literally going to black and white numbers. It's like people are like, oh, I don't like numbers. You know, I just look at my account measures, mine there. I'm like, no. And it's like you have to, have, as you go up as an entrepreneur, you have to have a good bookkeeper and a good accountant because you need your numbers. It's like, I tell people, treat yourself like a publicly traded corporation. Like we said earlier, it's like, yes, obviously my business is not Amazon or whatever, but I look at my numbers the same way. Like I get my numbers from my bookkeeper and I look at it and it's like, cause I might in my heart be like, oh, we're doing okay. Or we're doing this. And I look at my numbers. They're black and white. They don't lie. They're like, you spent this much. You made this much. Did you really need this? And I'm like, all right. So I tell people just like, hey, let's look at it. Let's pull the bandaid off. It's going to sting a little bit. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm kind of wasted money there, wasted money there. All right. What could we, what do we need? What don't we need? And everybody can find a couple hundred bucks where it's like, I'm wasting money on stupid things. I forgot I was subscribed to or like I had one client, they were literally had um, a software company called, I think it's a different name. Now it used to be Infusionsoft. Now it's Keep, whatever. Keep, and yeah. They, yeah, they had up, they had changed their software, but they had, they'd gone to cancel it like five years ago. And they were like, well, we'll, we'll downgrade you to like 99 bucks a month. And they were still paying it. I'm like, they're like, well, yeah, but I might use it someday. I'm like, that's so you've spent seven grand. You might use it someday. And then they were like, oh, I never looked at it that way. I was looking at it, it was 99 bucks a month. I'm like, well, yeah, you've been doing it for like five years, six years. So you could find little things like that. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, this is where we're at. And then I tell people, same thing with like martial arts training or my other next favorite thing is travels. Like, this is where you're at. This is the destination you want to get to. And let's put the pieces together to get there. Like, how do we do these little things? And then start building it up and having that savings account and just setting up those little automations. But once you look at the numbers and you see them in black and white and you're like, okay, I can't sugarcoat it. These are my numbers. <laughs> you know, it, it makes it a lot easier. It's a little painful at first, but little pain is good for you, especially if we are going into a recession because you kind of be looking at it now, like, Hey, you know what? This is going to be good. And I tell people too, it's like recessions shouldn't be scary. I mean, yeah, the pandemic was a nightmare. I mean, that was, that was unheard of. I mean, like, Hey, you can't do business. It's like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. a recession, the recession, all, you're going to be able to still do your business. You're going to be able to sell. You're going to be able to market. You might have to work a little harder because we've had it easy for the last, you know, minus the pandemic from, you know, 2009 to 2020 has been the great time to be an entrepreneur. It's been, you know, money coming in, all this great stuff. The world's amazing. You know, the 2020, 21 suck. If we go into recession, 
you're still going to be able to sell. You're still going to be able to market, but mm. you have to keep an, a closer eye on your finances during that. You know, it's like you might, and I joke around with my wife. I'm like, cause sometimes we eat out way too much. And I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I, then I, we joke around. Cause I tell people always be on the, always be upfront with your wife. It's like, yes, we make good money. Yes. We're doing good now. Yes. We're investing. I said, if things start taking a turn for the South, you know, Hey, we're going to not go out to eat one or two times a week, you know, and that might be a thousand dollars a month because you have a family for four nowadays with inflation, it's yeah. $200 a meal or a hundred and something dollars a meal. So it's like, you know, if things get bad, you know, we're not going to not eat, but we're going to change what we eat, you know, and then, then you just, you get through it and then you just power through and that's all you can do really. Excellent. I mean, some great, great stuff you're giving there. You know, um, one of my mentors, he, he, when I was broken, struggling, I mean, I came from a hundred grand in debt, struggling to turning my, you know, financial freedom to, you know, making millions and that kind of stuff. But the, uh, I remember when I was struggling and broke and, um, and he said that focus on your business and your, and creating your wealth. And he said, he said, business and wealth, is a boring sport. He said, business and wealth is a boring sport. And he said, focus on just building it, do it, do it again, and do it again, just keep going. And like you rightly said earlier on, it compounds, things change, you get more money. And what I didn't realize was this, prior to him saying that, I was the kind of person that uh, you know, everything had to be exciting. I had to get involved in this and get involved in that. <laughs> you know, it's something that someone says, these shares are doing well. I jump into it, throw the money and like, and, 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 and lose out. And I know you talk about the same thing. What does he mean by that? It's a boring sport. Man, I've heard the same thing. I wish I could remember I heard that a similar story like that. Cause I mean, it's funny when you talk to really rich people, like they talk about that. Like it should be boring. It shouldn't be exciting. Like exciting and sexy is when you're starting your business and it's exciting and you're, you're ramping up. Exciting is like, maybe when you are buying Bitcoin, it's going, but like your foundational part of your business should be like, okay, you know, we're growing at this percent. Let's just keep adding on, get a little bit. How do we improve? You know, or maybe our sales numbers are down. Okay. Is it because our leads are down or appointments are down? Which one is it? You know, and you're always like tweaking the, the number, the dials and stuff and see what you're investing. It should be you're long. Every time I've made a mistake, like you said earlier, it's like when I get caught up in something, I'm like, Oh, what that's doing good. Oh, I'm going to go grab some of that real quick. And then I'm like, why did I just buy? Like, why did I buy this? It's not part of the plan. And when you stick to the plan and it's super boring, super methodical, you're just investing and then it just grows and compounds. But I tell people too, because we're human, we, we like excitement. So like, I still keep my core investments of like, Hey, this needs to be boring, nothing crazy. And then I have a fun account where it's like, you know, I might trade some options if, you know, just for, for giggles. It's like, if I lose the money, I'm like, Oh, that sucked, but it didn't hurt right. the long-term plan. And then it's like with crypto, I still put money in crypto. I don't know if it's going to go, if Bitcoin's going to go to a dollar, if it's going to go to a million, but I'm like, I'll play along a little bit with a little bit of money. That's not going to hurt me. You know, it's like, but then you see people that are like, they're refinancing their house when things are at all time highs to buy more. I'm like, okay, this is not a solid financial plan. It's like, please don't do this. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, have your, your boring basics down. And it's like, when you, you talk about, we've both done martial arts for a long time. Like when you first start, it's kind of, it's exciting. And then as you get better, it gets a little boring and, and a lot of people quit like in the mid range before they even get to their black belt, because it's like, we're doing the same old boring techniques. And it's like, well, yeah, this is the fundamentals. You go look at Michael Jordan. Like one of the big things about him, you know, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, I think, but yeah, he started every practice with the most boring fundamentals. He said like, he, like other guys are doing stuff. He's over there doing chess passes. Like, I mean, the, the goat, I mean, it's like he literally had the best fundamentals on earth, which made him, he was able to perform under pressure. Same thing with, with martial arts. Even when you watch MMA in the UFC, it's 
once in a while, one out of a hundred fights is something super flashy. Another 99 is a technical. Mm -hmm. The guy was more technical. He had better cardio and he executed on his game plan. It was nothing exciting. I mean, it's still exciting, but it was nothing like, you know, spinning back kick to the head. You're like, Oh, that was really freaking exciting. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, you're absolutely right. The fundamentals, the basics have to be in place and then master it and master it and master it. Same as money, same as wealth, same as business. Uh, Paul, those listening in thinking, I'm, I'm Paul, I'm trying to do this, and but my spouse is not on the same page. <laughs> how do I get my spouse, how do I get my family on the same page uh, so that we, we build this thing together? Man, I love that question. It's one of my favorite things to talk about is you have to communicate. Start talking. It goes back to that thing we talked about earlier. Start talking about money. I have so many friends that have gotten divorced or gotten in, into bad situations because they hid stuff from their spouse. And it's like, Talk, talk about money and start small. Like people are like, yeah, obviously you're not going to bust out your PL and be like, Hey honey, you want to go through the PL? She's going to be like, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, go to dinner and have a, I call it money dates go to dinner and talk about money. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think about that? And, and if she hasn't looked at it, she's gonna be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm thinking about doing this and a little bit of this investing, because if we do this, I heard this guy on this podcast say that if I put $150 a month away for 40 years, we're going to have this much money. And then she's going to be like, Oh, a million dollars. That's sexy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. Oh, okay. Let's talk more about it. And then with your kids talk about it, but it's the thing that the, the middle class and people that aren't doing these things have to do is just talk about money, make it not a taboo thing, make it where it's something you're talking about all the time. And I joke around, like my wife's family will come over to visit and we have this unwritten, well, actually probably written rule at our house is our TV is always on CNBC when the market's open. It's like, you can't turn the channel. You can't watch the news. You can't watch sports. It's like NBC. my wife now. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Like through osmosis and her subconscious literally picks up stuff in the markets. And then we have good conversations about investing, good conversations about money. And she, she saved me in the, during the pandemic. Cause I was freaking out. I was like, you know, we've got money, we've got investments, but I said, what if they, what if I can never open my gym again? What am I going to do? I said, I'm going to go, um, I'm, I said, I'm going to get a, I'm going to buy a franchise. I'm going to buy like in the U S a subway sandwich shop. I'm like, Oh, oh let's get a subway sandwich shop. This, this, this. She goes, what are you gonna do if somebody calls in sick and you have to go make sandwiches? And I was like, oh, okay, All right, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on That's this one. Freedom like, you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny. I mean, if I would, if I would have had that conversation with her, maybe I'd Tell her like, hey, honey, we just bought a subway and I had to put down $50,000 and that's going to be a not fun conversation. There you go. But you there know, you I go. put it out there. I put it out there at the beginning, like, hey, I'm thinking about this. And she gave me her, her reasons. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. You know, that would have been a horrible idea for us. Fantastic. Hey, Paul, for those people who want to connect with you and learn more from you and maybe get help fixing their finances or build their wealth passively, that kind of stuff, what's the best way to connect uh, uh, best one, uh, my blog, uh, www.paulhalme.com. And then social media, I love Instagram, instagram.com forward slash P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. Uh, unfortunately, the bad thing about Instagram is all the fake accounts that try to scam people out of crypto. So like, you'll know it's my account. It's the period homie. But then in my bio, it literally says, I will not ask for crypto because I've unfortunately people. And that's another thing too is it's super hard and frustrating. I'll get people to message me like, hey, I, I sent a fake account of yours like, thousand dollars in bitcoin i'm like why'd you do that huh? like well well it was it was saying that you were going to get 400 returns oh, and i'm like okay bro when have i ever said 400 anything it's like I, right. that word wouldn't come out of my mouth but it frustrates me because these are the same people that i can't get to open an ira i can't get them to Crazy. put money in the savings account but they get they hear that somebody tricks them with that sexy thing of like hey you you could make 400 and they're like oh here you go and i'm like I'm like dude i'm like seriously when have i ever would i ever say that i'm like you know it, it, it just gets frustrating because it's the same people that won't invest 
for the long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, well, well. This is this is why the work you're doing, Paul, is so so essential. That educating people to make the right decisions for their future, for their family's future. Awesome. Listen, I'm going to come back to you in a moment for final words. Anything you want to add or say that you haven't said already? And um, I, I'm just saying, hey, everyone, Mac Hatch from here, Business Success Show, in conversation with Paul Holmey. Now, let me ask you this: Are you learning? Are you picking up some nuggets here? Smash the like button, hit the follow, subscribe if you're not subscribed already on this channel and just keep following. Make some comments as well. Tell us what you've picked up, what's working for, for you here. Hey, Paul, uh, anything you want to add or say before we wrap up for today? Man, the biggest thing I tell people is just get started. You just start small, just start. It's like anything. If you never start, we've all got friends. They're like, oh, January 1st is coming up. I'm going to start working out. I'm like, why don't you start today? Well, I'm going to start in January. And it's like, and I'll see him two years later. I'm like, you're 20 pounds bigger than the last time we talked two years ago. I'm like, oh, I'm starting in January. And it's like, just start, you know, start putting money away, start working out, start taking care of yourself. Enjoy the journey. It's like, there's ups and downs. Like we're going through a horrible down right now. And maybe it's going to be worse in 2023. But, you know, as long as you're still doing things, you're going to be okay. You know, it's like, unless the world melts and then we don't know what, then we'll be, we'll all be in the same boat, but, but we all know the world's going to keep going. People are going to make money, but if you never start, you're going to be 20 years from now sitting there going like, man, I could have been a millionaire, you know, and you're trying to explain that to your wife when you're in your sixties and seventies and you're like, yeah, I just, that's never started, honey. (laughs) It's like, just start. There you go. You said it. You said it. You've been listening to Paul home and Matt catch from here as an entrepreneur Go get it done. So as Paul rightly said, you know, any profits you're making, start allocating it to something that's going to give you freedom eventually. So thank you again, Paul. I wish you the best of luck and success and keep doing what you're doing, buddy, until our paths cross again. Thank you for coming on to the Business Success Show. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. Welcome.